Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Duane. Yeah, happy Friday, Sebastian. Not only happy Friday, Duane, I got a surprise for you that you had no idea what's today. It's not my birthday. What's today? It is not your birthday. Um, today is International Podcast Day. Oh, that's what's up. International Podcast Day. Yeah. So um, if you're out and about, uh, make sure you listen to a podcast. Listen to this podcast. podcast. Well, you hopefully, well, if you're listening to me, you're listening to this podcast. But check out another podcast. Also, better yet, share our podcast with somebody else. Tell somebody else to listen to it. Um, so, tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, use the hashtag International Podcast Day. Hashtag International Podcast Day. Um, yeah, so it's it's International Podcast Day. Uh, what's interesting is they they talked about it on the website that it's also a great time to donate. Uh, we don't have any sort of donation thing to for for this podcast. I just realized that, by the way. I got a cash app. If somebody, <laughs> it's not affiliated with the podcast, but I got a cash app. So if somebody donate. wanted to, if somebody wanted to support our podcast, considering that. We basically just do this ourselves. Like there is no uh, big financial backing behind us. It's just us. Um, you know, if somebody wanted to support us, we don't have anything like that. Yeah, I got personal cash out there they can support. And, you know, donate it back to the podcast. What are you thinking? But you taking ten percent? Fifty, but yeah, fifty percent. <laughs> That's not good. So, um, <laughs> uh. I gotta just oh. shut down our way of getting any donations. Yeah. So um yeah, but I mean we'll we'll come up with something that way, uh that way if people do want to support us and help us out in making sure that we can continue to do this for free as we have been doing it for the last two and a half years. Um get some uh swag, get some hats or shirts for the convention. Yeah, I mean we are going to the we are going to the Philly convention again next year. Uh well this year, next year it's hard to it's like I feel like always as soon as like August starts, it's already next year uh, or this year. And that's even though it's 2023, but, um, but yeah, we are going to be there at podcast row, um, which is really exciting. We'll have more news on that uh, as we get closer to the convention. But at the same time, we w- we do have stickers that we bought last year. So we have a ton of stickers. Um, so we, we were more than happy to give out stickers. Um, but yeah, we could probably come up with some, some gears some D soccer podcast. Oh, hat. Swag, little hat with the logo. I'm just rocking a hat with fire on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be that'll be cool if we can do that. If um, do something like that. But yeah, so make sure hashtag International Podcast Day. Uh, make sure you share this podcast with somebody you know that is not currently listening to it. Um. So we we had a we both had an interesting Thursday. We both went to two different soccer games. So, uh, do you want to tell? Do you want to tell your? Yeah. So I went to. Uh, yeah, why don't you tell Alma us? Mater Dover High versus a uh, Polytech soccer game. Um, got to see some fellow Dover High alumni, a lot of people out there in the crowd um, that I've seen in all walks of life. It's always hard when you go somewhere and you know people, but you can't place where you know them from do you know them in your professional life do you know them from a soccer field do you know them personally like so people are coming up and saying stuff i had no idea but um 
Yeah, it was good to see Dirt High versus Polytech. Um, I brought a couple of my kids from um, my 21st century program out to the game. So they were able to experience a soccer game. It was a, an incentive-based trip. Um, so it was pretty cool to go there. Um, it was also cool that it ended up being Polytech and Dan Simmons, one of our coaches at Delaware Union, was coaching um, against um, Dover, fellow Dover alumni. Um, so it was a pretty good game. Uh, a lot of Delaware Union players playing, former Delaware Union players playing, um, kids in the crowd that were affiliated with Delaware Union. So it was pretty cool to see um, all that come together. And of course, you know, Dover High won, 3 1 which was good. Um, it was a pretty good game, I would say. Um, great atmosphere. Um, yeah, that's all I pretty much have. I'm I'm always excited when, when we can do things like this. Um, you know, obviously you did it for your job, but for your other job, I guess, would be the, the My other job. Your other job. But it's always cool when we can when we can expose kids to to a local soccer. Not only that, I think it's also really cool for the players playing that, you know, are that there's you know there's people that are coming to watch them play um because i do think that there's a whole lot of especially in the soccer community with where, where we live and i've started to learn this in the seven years that i've been here obviously you grew up here so you 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 ha you lived it but it, there's almost that idea of like oh well like i can already support that school because that's where i want to go play right I go to school right so i can there's almost that like to a certain extent the similar to what the the college athletics feel is we th i think we talked about this before um so there's there's that passion and that level of of um commitment to it i guess would be i don't know if that's the right word but there's yeah that i mean there was like i remember being in middle school um and after middle school practice or middle school games um one of my closest friends we would um hop in the car and we would go to Dover High games and try to get there early enough to be the ball boys because we knew we were going to go to Dover High we were going to go play on the team and that was just that's just what we wanted to do um because we didn't want to be ball boys in high school we wanted to be on the field um so I remember that part and then it was also cool I had um three kids that I ended up bringing um two of them had a brother that was on the team one of them had a cousin that was on the team and as soon as they saw him they heard his name over the uh announcement they got so hyped and those kids have never spoken a word of Spanish from what I've heard. And all of a sudden they spoke fluent Spanish. <laughs> it's just like, okay. And, and they were like, they called their brother Pollo. I was like, you call your brother chicken. He's like, no, we call him Pollo. Like, yeah, I mean, it's chicken. He's like, yeah, it means his name is chicken. I was like, that's what I said. I know what Pollo means. <laughs> but like they were just screaming pollo 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 the whole time and he never really acknowledged him he was kind of locked in but they had another um family friend that they were calling and he acknowledged him right away and they got so hyped so it's just those little things man like you think i mean obviously when you're on the field you're like oh yeah i'm just a high school player but when you have like little kids that are looking up to you it's pretty pretty awesome feeling what do they call the other guy uh nana nano okay I think his name is like Rolando, so I think it's just like Nano or something like that. Nothing, nothing special. No, it wasn't Pollo. It wasn't Pollo. <laughs> they were a hype about Pollo, especially when he scored. Yeah, I mean, the Pollo scored. Pollo scored. Uh, let's go, Pollo, man. Pollo, former former Delaware Union player. Pollo is a former Delaware Union player. Uh, I remember Abram that played on Dan's team. 
Yeah. It's Pollo. That's Pollo? All right, all right, Pollo. I believe he got an assist from a former Delaware Union player, Caleb. There you go, man. Um, it would be funny if to hear Dan coaching. Sorry, calling so, out. you know, his significant other did a lot more. It was a lot more vocal than Dan was. What? His significant other, his wife. <laughs> and while we're on this, she's very, and, and, you know, it gets tough when, you know, teams that are close in proximity and you talk about players on the other team, but she was very supportive of every player she knew. Mrs. Soccer Dan is, is, is really cool. She was support any play. If she ever ran, bumped into that player shopping, she was supporting that player. Anytime they touched the ball, like she was just, she might as well have been wearing red on one side and blue on the other, but she was supportive of every player. She's very vocal. She was getting upset with the refs. I was like, maybe you should be over there with Dan and Dan should come over here and hang out with his parents. <laughs> well, I mean, but but if you think about it, right, it's it's almost like the Dan thing, right? And we've always kind of said this about Dan, like Dan knows everybody. That's why we call him Soccer Dan, because that's, you know, the story was uh, he would go to the YMCA, I think, uh, to run like some clinics or something like that. And they're like, oh, there's a soccer guy, Soccer Dan. <laughs> so we started just calling him Soccer Dan from that point on. So I think, uh, you know, I think it's a similar concept with his wife. Like they've, they've just been around the game for so long that you just, you get to know all the kids. They've either yeah. played with your kid at some point or they play with your other kid. Like you just, it's, you're so around the community. calling me soccer Dwayne because people were coming up to me that I, either their kids had grown a couple of years since I helped out with Kent County. Yeah. Um, the kids had grown side, so I recognize them or I just don't remember them. And they're just like, Hey, Dwayne, how's it going? I'm like, who are you? Hey, buddy. (laughs) This one parent said, hey, my son's right here. Come talk to him. I was like, who's your son? (laughs) But, you know. I mean, it happens, though. But in and I I have a I have a I have a similar thing that happened last night. But um, no, that's really cool. I think anytime we can get kids out in the community uh, to go watch soccer games, it's really cool. I mean, the funny part was Chad's sister. Brought out her. I brought out my Letterman from 2013, which is 10 years old. She brought out her windbreaker from 1998. Oh, nice. She was out there. She was out there repping. Nice. She was repping. That's good. Um, yeah, see, I never really had that because my high school didn't have sports. So it was. I also had a parent come up to me and say, hey, man, is wearing a Letterman cool? I said, dude, I was trying to be the first freshman in my class. Like, obviously, with the other soccer freshmen to get our Letterman jackets. Like, as soon as the form came in, we ordered them and tried to be the, we tried to beat the players that had varsity as a, um, on football, volleyball, and field hockey. Like, we were trying to be the first. Do you think KP and I could rock it as coaches? Letterman's? As coaches, that's what we wear in March. I mean, yeah, I think that it's, I think you got to style it out the right way, but I think it's a definitely a look. What if we just got a regular jacket and started putting, putting patches on it on like a, like a windbreaker jacket and we just started putting patches on it? What patches of tournaments you won? No, just for high school. I'm talking about high school. Oh, uh, 
What kind of patches are you going to put on there? It's a bunch of ducks. Nah. <laughs> no. Not a bunch of ducks. <laughs> no, no, can't do that. A duck for every win we get. Hey, I'm going to put a duck for every win we get. Yeah. If With we have safety, a good season, like both arms safety. should be filled. It's just safety pinned on. It's not even. If every win we get, if the arm is filled, then we're having a good season. By the time the season's done, it's basically the, the jacket just Swiss cheese. I just don't like it. Yeah. Doesn't, and the wind just flows right through it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I think the Letterman thing, the guy was asking, I was like, dude, Letterman's are cool. Because I guess now they stopped giving out Letterman's and they started doing like the boathouse jackets. I was like, I mean, those jackets were cool. But like, I mean, the Letterman, like, it was like being in like a fraternity. Like, it was like, hey, like. And when we're talking about, Letterman, we're talking about the jacket that has like the, the sleeves are a different color usually right now. Yeah. So the Dover one is blue. It's got white sleeves. It's got a D in the middle. Um, it's got your graduating year, it's got your name on it, and then you got pins. Um every sport, so right? Every sport. So you got a varsity pin for a sport. There was a captain's pin, there was a honor roll pin. Um I only played two sports, so I didn't get too many pins. I was gonna say how many pins you got? I got a couple. I got captain's pin, I've got some soccer pins, I got some varsity. I think they started giving out bars. Um, I got a couple of track ones on there. Got a couple in there. Nice. Good stuff. I only ran track for, I guess, one year collectively. Half a season my freshman year, half a season my senior year. <laughs> Way to go. Way to stick with it. <laughs> Man, soccer uh, was just more important. Yeah. Um, so last night we went to, so, um, and by we, I mean the, like our girls team. So our majority of our, our a lot of our 2012s, were there in some of our 2010s and a few 09s and a few 08s were there uh in a couple of 2013s were also there we went to the ud game so the ud women's soccer team played elon in their conference home opener um so the girls got to play at halftime again um and it was actually really fun because there was another team there so instead of them setting up two little goals they just let them just shoot randomly in the big goal. So we shot a couple minutes in the big goal, and then we're just like, this is going to get crazy. So we just kind of pulled them off to the side. And uh, Kyle and I just did like a little mini rondo. Mm-hmm. But we had mentioned it before, like we were going to try to make it really tight. So we kept trying to like, it was like raining in cattle a little bit. Like we were just like from both sides trying to like push them in back in together <laughs> to the point when we were all shoulder to shoulder inside this little tiny circle. So it became this like one touch rondo inside this little circle. Um, it was a lot of fun um it was a really good time i think you know the more that we do this the more the the kids watch the game the more they cheer um the more they get like rowdy which is was just really cool um it obviously helps that the u that ud won they won three nothing um but you know it also helps that we have sarah who is on our coaching staff with the 2012 girls and also runs our she leads the uh the regen night for the girls side um, it helps that, you know, she's the captain of the team. Um, she's, she was, she played as a 10 yesterday, touched the ball a bunch of times, did some really good things, got to score a goal off a PK. Um, so it was, it was really cool. So after the game, we went down and, uh, the girls got posters, got UD posters. Um, and then they got the girls assigned, the players assign the posters for them. Um, and then Sarah came over. The girls were got really excited. 
we posted we took some pictures i will post today um but overall it was a it was a really good time so the cool thing is that we're sitting there waiting for for the ud players to finish their cool down before they come over and somebody turns to me or somebody like behind me goes um are you sebastian and i was like oh uh yeah and he goes hi i'm sebastian too and i just like shook his hand i was like okay um and he goes i'm sarah's dad i was oh. like oh that's really cool uh, he's like he's like yeah i heard a lot about you and i was like oh thanks like it's great like you know we love sarah like you know the kids love her it's it's awesome to have her and you know she's she's really um a really good good addition and a really special person for us to have on our staff in general and i think um you know it's it's great what she does she just she's just a really cool person in general um and then i got to meet sarah's mom um so it was it was really exciting that's good yeah they make that connection and see that she talks about you I also Sebastian told Sarah. Too. I also told Sarah, "How is it that your dad's middle name is Sebastian, and you never mentioned this?" Yeah, like that's 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 also interesting. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was it was really cool. That's the connection, right? Yeah, um, I got to see Mike as well. So big shout out to Mike, um, and congratulations on the win. Congratulations to Katie Hackley for scoring two goals as well. Um, and then also big shout out to um, Aureliana Gomez, Odie. Uh, she got her first career start as a freshman and got the shutout. Um, there we go. And the three nothing win against Elon. Um, again, man, funny. Dan's, Dan, Dan taking L's, man. That's his. Uh, Dre went to school. Yeah, I know. Taking L's. Took Wait, L's no. Yesterday. Did he go to? Did he go to Elon? I think so. Thought he thought he went to school in Georgia. No, I'm thinking with the Elon. I think, I think, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you just go to Elon. Hey, he took um, an L yesterday coaching. And school took an L yesterday. Yeah. Not a good day for Elon or soccer Dan. Um, but yeah, so the, the women's team is back on back at home on Sunday uh, when they host Townsend. Uh, and it's also alumni day. And it's also family weekend. I think that's why also Sarah's parents were there because she's from Maine. Family weekend. <laughs> you know what that means? The grocery stores are bare because the college kids have been struggling. Their parents come down and they're like, oh, we haven't eaten. We're starving. We don't <laughs> have any food. Can you can you go to the grocery store and buy us some food? Yeah. Is that is that what happens? Absolutely. I don't I don't know. I, I went to school 20 minutes away from my house and I lived there until I went to grad school. So no, I think uh, family weekend, everybody made sure, like, there's nothing in the refrigerator. Like, all you got in the refrigerator is, like, ketchup, mayonnaise, mustard, you know, some couple things, maybe a bottle of water, make it look terrible. <laughs> so what do you got to do? You got to eat everything the night before? You eat everything that we binge eat the week before, and then your parents come in and take you, and they go shopping and get you all the stuff. That's when you, that's when you get the steaks and the chip, like, get all the good stuff. All right. Good to know. Yeah, I know it was it. always a good time because there was a military base near mine, and my grandma was military, so we got you know military pricing. Nice, um, good to know. Yeah, That's good to know when your kids are in college. You yeah. show up the weekend before family weekend, and <laughs> yeah, show up the weekend before. I could, like, yeah, I, got what, y'all. I could just imagine Ethan in that in that uh, in that environment. 
yeah, your parents come in and take care of you. You're like, oh yeah, I'm an adult, but it's like, oh man, you guys got so much money. You take care of this. <laughs> no way, man. I'm still going to my parents' house and trying to eat their snacks when I go there. <laughs> I still try to eat their snacks. Um, all right. So Tuesday night, let's talk about the other the other big big it was a big week of soccer. Big week of soccer, big week of like going going to watch soccer games. Tuesday night. You know, remember what I what I did on Tuesday night? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. I wasn't at practice. We didn't have practice. Well, well, my team didn't. Oh, you went to the Argentina game. That's right. So, uh, my dad and I uh, took the two and a half hour that turned into an almost three hour drive uh, to New Jersey uh, to the Red Bull Arena to watch Argentina play against Jamaica. Um, if you've never been to the Red Bull Arena from Delaware. Um, it's a pretty easy drive until you get to the Newark airport. Uh, so basically, it's a straight shot down the turnpike. Um, you get off kind of in the in the New York airport exit, Newark airport uh, exit. And then from that point on, you have to go through this town of Ironbound to then cross the bridge to get to the Red Bull Arena. Um, the bridge is a one or two lane bridge. Um, and you're going basically through, imagine driving down, uh, Wilmington and then trying to get into a stadium. Um, yeah. My past experiences going to the MetLife stadium, take the train. I don't know if you can take the train to. Rebels Arena. I'm pretty you sure. Yeah, there's a train station, and my dad yelled at me um, and said, Why don't we take the train? And I said, yeah, I, don't, just, I don't know how to get there. The train station is so easier like when it comes to parking. They just get on that train and just. Yeah. Yeah. For, for future reference, we will do that from now on. Um, but, but yeah, so, so parking took a while. Um, it was not, it was not properly done. I don't think there was no. So like any other MLS match, you would buy parking passes ahead of time. You can do that with the Philadelphia Union. You can do that with the Red Bull. You can do that with any team. With the with this game, there was no parking passes on sale online. There was only like VIP prepaid things for people that were sitting in different seats and stuff like that. Um, so you couldn't turn into the parking lots. So we drove, got in, like we had to drive into the city. Or into the more into wherever we were. I think I guess at that I I don't know that's Harrisburg Harrison Harrison Harrison. So we drove deeper into Harrison, um, then had to find a way to turn around. We turned around. The idea was for us to get there at like six o'clock, and would have gotten there at six, except we got there at like six forty. We were inside the stadium at like six forty, um, six forty-five, I think, or something like that. A lot of Jamaicans and a lot of Argentinians coming to this game. Well, well, we'll get to that in a second. But um, so we finally get to park. Um and uh we we got inside um and we could hear the the messy chants from outside the stadium. Um so we're sitting in the second, like in the two hundred section, so sitting up. Um and we're sitting pretty much just past this, the 18, um, looking at the field sideways. 
uh, on the same side that Argentina's bench is on the other side of the bench. So we're we're, we're looking at their bench. Um, Messi didn't start because he had a cold or something. Um, so uh, he came in 65 minutes. Um, so he played about 30 um, minutes, scored two goals. In the last in the, game. In, the la- in the last 10 minutes, he scored a free kick goal that I got on on video, which was really cool. Um capacity, 25,000 people. Might have been about a hundred Jamaican jerseys and about twenty-four thousand nine hundred Argentine jerseys. Interesting. It was I don't think I've ever seen anything like and what I can guarantee it wasn't twenty-four thousand Argentinians. It was just a lot of people with Argentine jerseys. There was a bunch of there was a bunch of Jamaicans that were wearing Argentinian jerseys. <laughs> maybe, so. maybe. Um, so I, you know, it was a fu- it was a fun game. Um, I mean, kind of boring game at times, but but it was cool. Um, I do think, and I asked my dad this um, when we were driving home. You know, have you ever seen anything like this? Like as far as like not an international game, but for me, this is my first time seeing Messi live in person. At a game, I've seen the international, the Argentine national team before, but Messi wasn't playing at that time. Um, but I asked him. I said, you know, you got to watch Maradona play live. And, you know, we talked about this on the podcast when we did the the Maradona tribute episode. But, um, you know, have you? And he's like, yeah. When when I watched Maradona play in eighty one, eighty two, when he was at Boca Juniors, that's what it was like. Like people would go to the game just to watch him play. And this is before Maradona blew up and like had won the world cup and went to Italy and all that other stuff. Um, but I think this was, this might've, this might've surpassed that. What this guy's able to do from a international perspective of just creating complete fandom is nuts. Yeah. Um, and I'm not when just you're willing to when you're willing to get kicked out of a stadium just to go meet somebody. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a second, but but I'm talking about just the fact that three three or four different times in the first half, the stadium started chanting Messi's name, even though he was on the bench. Yeah. Um that's how, that's how I wanted it. The police officers it. lined up. Like they they met at at the end of the at the end of halftime they met at the bench to come up with a plan for when Messi was going to warm up because they had to put him in a place where they couldn't like they also warmed up on the side when Jamaica warmed up behind the goal like on the other side because they had to put Messi on the side because that's where they could keep more security and keep him contained like it was absolutely insane and then. No, that so you know how in the um when you're looking at a at a soccer game you see all the photographers lined up all behind the goals? Yeah. Yeah, there was only photographers in one corner of the field in this match. And it was only oh, Messi's corner. It was Messi's corner where he was warming up. That was the only and because they knew he comes in and kind of stands on the right side of the field, and that's the way Argentina was attacking in the second half. That's like all the photographers were all in one corner of the field. When that Messi is crazy. When Messi took his penny off the entire stadium went crazy um three fans 
and three different times ran onto the field. <laughs> the first one got close to taking a picture, and then he was immediately tackled by seven people. Um, the second one didn't even make it close. The third one, though, after Messi scored his first goal, um, ran onto the field without a shirt on, had a Sharpie in hand, and Messi was about to... He started signing his back. So mm-hmm. Messi grabbed the jersey and started signing his back before security came in and like tackled him. And in the process, also bumped Messi sideways like two yards. So Messi got hit. Messing by- up. They'll be messing up Messi. PSG was probably freaking out when that happened. Yeah. So that happened after the game. They they did the same thing that they did when they played in um in Fort Lauderdale against Honduras, where they went to all four sides of the stadium and you know kind of thanked people for coming. And then the Jamaican players all waited around for him. Um, then when we were watching the post game uh, on my phone on the ride home in this Argentina channel, um, they had a camera set up right outside the the Argentina locker room. Six um, Jamaican players standing outside the Ar- the Argentina locker room waiting for a Messi jersey because uh, Messi travels with five to ten jerseys for every game, so he can exchange them. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Like th- what? Like what this guy's able to do is unreal. He's the Michael Jackson of soccer. I mean, if, if Ronaldo came and it was Portugal against Jamaica at the Red Bull Arena, do you think there would be twenty five or twenty four thousand people wearing Portugal jerseys? No. Like, I don't think anybody can do that. No, I don't, I honestly don't think. So. I think like Neymar can do that, and Mbappe can do that. Like no, like Neymar is going to bring in a lot of Brazilians. Don't get me wrong. And if the Brazilian national team plays, it'll be. It might be 24,000 Brazilians or people with Brazilian jerseys on, but I don't think it's going to be just about Neymar. No, it'll be, it's just the cult. It's just the culture. It's the same thing. Like if Mexico was playing Jamaica, the Rebel, like you have 24,000 Mexican fans, but they're in there because it's the culture. They're not there to go see Chicharito. Well, he, he doesn't play on the, He's kicked off the national team. They're not here. To, well, they are here to see Ochoa. Yeah, because Chicharito got kicked off the uh, national team. Oh, excuse me. Some party stuff that happened. They they uh, are there to see Ochoa. Yeah, it's it's it like that to me was was really really crazy because it yeah I don't yeah I mean you don't expect it to be like that but you're but you get caught up in it and you're you're a part of it as well and you just yeah it was it was really crazy. It was really cool, um, which kind of leads me to my next thing that I wanted to talk about. So um, I, I want to send a big shout out to my brother-in-law because my brother-in-law uh, sent us this. And you might hear some ruffling in the background, but that's me grabbing this. Um, and I'm showing this to Duane. I'm showing this to Duane on, our, on Zoom, but and I'll talk about it in a second. But uh, my brother-in-law sent us the, uh, the uh, Panini World Cup sticker book. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so if you're not familiar with this, and I think this trend recently started catching on in the US, wasn't huge before. I knew it was huge growing up. Everybody had sticker books and, and things like that. 
but um and i pulled up some stats for it but uh and back in the 1970s uh panini um who is a company that does uh um they do stickers and different memorabilia and things like that um but so back in the 1970 for the 1970 um mexico world cup one of the two times that mexico hosted the world cup uh they started this uh sticker book so the idea of the sticker book it's pretty straightforward every team has a page or two pages um there are spots for the players that are presumably going to play um on the world cup roster um and then there's stickers that you buy packs of um and then you got to hope that you don't get the same sticker twice and then you put them on your sticker book so that way you have full rosters the stadiums are there um but yeah i mean it's pretty cool um this one is filled with a bunch of different things that are that i actually think are really cool um so it it leads you with the road to the world cup so uh what their group stages were like or what their qualifications was like their last couple games what that looked like and it also gives you the world cup schedule it has the full world cup matrix of who plays who where um it has the role of honor which it gives you every winner um of the world cups it has a bunch of different stats uh gives you the groups it has a place for the stadiums it has a place for the match ball um and then in the back it also has uh some world cup records um in there from different players like for example did you know that uh in 2018 Assam Hadari from Saudi Arabia um was the oldest player to play in the World Cup he was 45 years old in 161 days wow i did not know that See, so, yeah, I don't even need to Google it. Literally just come up here. And you don't just... need to Google it. You just need to go in the World Cup book. Because <laughs> it only happens every four years. So it's not like records are getting broken. Yeah. World Cup so, records can't be broken next year. So uh, most matches with at least one goal, um, 11 matches for Ronaldo and 11 matches for Miroslav Klose. Um, I yeah. know about the Klose. He was scoring goals forever. Uh, Just Fontaine from France. Most goals scored in a tournament, 13 goals. When was that? Uh, 1958. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most appearances as a captain in the World Cup? Rafael Marquez. Rafael Marquez. You're right. Good job. Oldest hat trick scorer in the World Cup. Diego Forlan. Nope. No idea. Come on. One more. Give it give me get another guess. Uh oldest? Mm-hmm. Is he German? Nope. Ronaldo? Ronaldo, correct. We'll do one more. Um, youngest player to win the World Cup. Mbappe? Nope. Is it French? Nope. Brazilian? Mm-hmm. Ronaldinho? Kaká? Nope. Uh, Pele? 
Pele, 17 years old, 249 days. Hey, um, good so trivia, good trivia, man. Good trivia. So, uh, here's the evolution of the Panini uh, World Cup uh, sticker book, though. Um, in 1970, it only had 52 pages and 271 stickers. Um, it went up to 400 stickers in 1974, and then it stayed around 400 stickers until we got to um, 1998. 560 stickers we jumped up um i think that's also because that's one of the first years where the number of teams might have jumped up a little bit too Mm -hmm. um and then we jump up to 2006 when we're almost at 600 stickers 2010 640 stickers uh and then 2018 was 682 and then this this current version is 670 but the last the last three have all been 80 pages. So here's a good one um, that we can go through real quick as we close this part up. Um, the USA roster is listed on the Panini sticker book. It only gives a, so it only gives us 18 players and has, has 20 spots. So I'm assuming um one of them like i don't know like i think one of them is a crest the federation and then you have 18 players that fill the roster so uh let's see if we do you think there are any players that are not attending the world cup that are on this list because that's going to happen for somebody for yeah sure. matt turner locked in zach stefan if he's healthy he's a lock <laughs> Serginio dest i think that's a lock aaron long Lock. Chris Richards. Bubble. Uh Antoine Robinson. Lock if he's healthy. DeAndre Yedlin. Bubble. Walker Zimmerman. We'll go lock. Brandon Aronson. Oh, uh, that's a starter. Starter. <laughs> Kellen Acosta. He's a lock. He's a lock. Driving the bus. Uh, Tyler Adams. Lock for sure. Weston McKinney. Obviously lock. Eunice Musa. He's in. He's in. He's in. Jesus Ferreira. Here's where we get to the forwards. (laughs) Lock. Yeah, he's a lock. Ricardo Pepe. Lock. I'm going to say. Pulisic. Obviously. Gio Reyna. Yeah, he's going. Lock. And then Timmy Weah. It's a, it's, a, it's a confident 18. Yeah. So it's a really uh, confident 18. And I think that's what they try to do, right? Like you try to base it off of statistically who has been in the World Cup qualification matches and everything else, right? It's a good solid 18. Yeah, 100%. Um, so while we're on that topic. Yeah. I was just reading this article. Which MLS-based players earned a seat on the plane to Qatar? And on that list, Aaron Long, Kellen Acosta, Jesus Ferreira, Walker Zeman, all locks. Yep. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Now the next three, or the next, sorry, the next two, they think are going to go. Not locked in, but they think are going to go. Jordan Morris and DeAndre Yedlin. 
Yeah. Both of them? Uh, remind me where Jordan Robinson plays. Jordan Morris plays at Seattle. Jordan Morris, yeah. Defender? No, winger. Winger. Mm. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Because who's, who's also on that list for there, right? Um, I mean, who played who played these last against uh, Japan and then? You got Brendan Marrington, Gio Reyna, Pulisic, Timmy Weah. Those are all your other wingers. Um, yeah. Okay. Who else? So on the bubble, you got Paul Ariola. Okay, he came in the other day. And you got Sean Johnson that's on the bubble as a goalkeeper. Who would be the other third? Ethan Horvath, right? Yeah, it would be probably between him and Ethan Horvath. I mean, and you got Christian Roldan. Christian Roldan. Midfielder for the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. I mean... The thing they, I think that's I think it's less the question of them going and more the question is is everybody else going, right? Like, like, um, like is Eric Palmer Brown going? No. Okay. Is Luca De La Torre going? No. Is Johnny Cardoso going? No. Is Malik Tillman going? No. Uh, is Reggie Cannon going? Depends. Uh, is Josh Sargent going? Depend. I mean, if he if he starts lighting it up, like there's a like Josh Sargent kind of controls his own destiny, like compared to like a Shaq Moore, Reggie Cannon. Um, you know, Josh Sargent all of a sudden just hits form and starts scoring goals. Like, you just lock yourself in, right? Yeah. Is Sam Vines going? Absolutely not. You know, Sam Vines was one of one of my lists, like. He was one no. of my. He was. He was on one of my lists. That Japan game. No, he was on one of my lists. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then who's the other guy that we miss? Um. That he's not even. He was. He wasn't even called up. Um. The forward, plays in England now, the one that's got like three different names. Three different names. And nobody knows what to call him. Wants to call him. Um, man, now I'm now I'm now I'm struggling to remember. Um, man, now I'm now now I feel really bad because I can't remember. Um, I I don't know. It'll come to me. He's got three different names. He's got three names. No, like he, like he, he hasn't. Like he has obviously a, a given name, but then he like goes by different things, as well. That's how you know you're a player, though. You're you're a baller. Um, he got called up. Pfuck, Pfuck. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, I think any like again, any striker that's scoring goals is gonna go. I mean, you like, got it. Needs to go. You got to take him. Like, I mean, 
they're hitting the back of the net. I hate to say like you're not good at like yeah. you're hitting the back of the net, man. You gotta ride that wave. Yeah. No. Hitting the back of the net's different than completing passes in the midfield, right? Playing at a high level. Sure. I mean, why did Chris Wondolowski go? Right. He's hitting the back of the net. Um, all right. Should we go to the player of the match? Well, I want to talk about one thing. Okay. One more okay. thing in Europe. Huh? Energy crisis. Energy crisis. Yeah. Teams are starting to struggle because of, you know, how electric bills are going up? Yeah. Teams are starting to move matches. Can't play evening matches anymore. Really? Limiting the limiting the use of floodlights. Huh. Now, this is really starting to happen in, like, the bottom divisions. Right. But could this affect the top division? No. I mean, are you going to give up transfer money for paying no. the light bill? No. It would never happen. Because you know why? Because the Premier League wouldn't have let it happen. Or any top league wouldn't have let it happen because there's too much riding on. Do you think like so? It's not a coincidence that teams play at certain times and teams don't play at the same time as others, right? Like absolutely, it's just so, like football here, right? Yeah, like there's certain teams that play on Monday night, there's certain teams that got the Thursday night game, and there's certain teams that I got like, what's the what's the worst Sunday at one o'clock? Sunday at one o'clock. Yeah, you got that. You got that. Yeah, so. It, it it happens all the time, and there's no way I can't imagine that the Premier League or any other top league or top division is ever going to let that affect it. They'll they'll figure out a way. They'll they'll pay the light bill. They'll you know they'll do something. But somebody's somebody's going to foot the bill for this. Yeah, I mean, no one's no one's having City you know City and United play this weekend at you know eleven o'clock in the morning. Uh, because you, you need to pay the because you can't afford the lights. <laughs> like it's just not happening. All United rentals. <laughs> it's just not happening, right? Like what City United play at 9 a.m. our time, which in England would be what there's six Two, hours. 2 p.m., right? Five right. hours. Five hours? Three, four, five. Two or three p.m. Yeah, two or three p.m. Either one depending on the five or six. Like there's no way that's ever gonna happen, right? At the same time, there's also a reason why Arsenal and Tottenham are playing at 7.30 a.m. our time. Um, and they're not playing at the same 10 a.m. time slot as Bournemouth-Brentford. <laughs> like it's, it's, like <laughs> it's just not the same. Now, that game might get bumped up for the lights. Yeah, like, yeah, Brentford-Bournemouth, you might have to wake up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning to watch the game because they're playing at 8 a.m. Um, but... But you're not like it's just never gonna happen. It, it never. It would you never. Don't think that affects that doesn't affect anybody. No, one hundred. Top clubs are good. One hundred percent not. Now, if you're hitting that relegation zone, you get an eight a.m. game. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the if you're in the in the regional league or the uh, what is it the national league or whatever it is beyond league two, then maybe. But no shot, no shot. Um. All right. Can we move to the player of the match? Player of the match. All right. My player, player of the match. My player of the match goes to uh, Javier Morales, aka the Toto, the Bull Morales. Uh, Javier Morales is a um, forward for Boca Juniors who, because of a bunch of injuries that have happened, um, he has got he debuted for for um, for Boca Juniors on the first team in an Argentinian Cup. 
uh, quarterfinal game to try to make the semifinals. He is a 2003 player, so that means he's like Ooh. 18 or 19 years old. Um, debuted first game, scored a goal. Um, scores the go-ahead goal because at the time our uh, Boca was was tied one-one, and he he gets the go-ahead goal. Uh, Boca ends up winning three-two, but yeah. And they call him the bull because he's he's big, he's a big guy, big boy. Yeah, and he's fast. He came in as a number ten, and they're like, "No, nah, bro, you're pushing, you're pushing six something." Um, so you heard a Hulk, you're El Toro. <laughs> he, I mean, he's 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 six foot tall and stocky. Like you're going up top. Go sit up top. Um, so it was good. So good, big shot to him. Uh, who's your player of the match? And mine's just going back out to Harriel. Ever since I shook his hand, he started scoring goals. Scored a goal for the Union against Pachuca. Union only had uh, 14 players available for the match. Jeez. Well, everybody was on international duty. Oh, that's right. Even the Young Bucks were on international duty. I, get, I think the U20s had a camp or yeah, something. Yeah. So you lost those three. Andre was on international duty. Gazdag was on international duty. Bedoya was just on retirement duty, I guess. <laughs> he's Maybe, definitely not on international duty. He's definitely not on international duty. Unless the duty. USA started some sort of senior team. Yeah, the over 35 team. The over 35 team. He was, he was in the Photoshop <laughs> the 35 over 35. Yeah, it was honestly, it was interesting because like we're sitting there and everybody's like, yeah, they only have 14 players. It's like, it's kind of like odd. They win? They won one nothing against Pachuca. That's right. There you go. Boom. But there was not a lot of Pachuca fans there. No? Uh, it wasn't like Club America. I was thinking it was going to be packed out there. Did they have a, was there a lot of, um, was there a lot of people in general? Well, there was a lot of people there, but it just wasn't like the Club America game. I mean, I don't know that many things are going to be like that game. That game had, had, you know, something special to it. It was, it was a. Well, they're back in the CONCACAF Champions League, so. Locking your tickets. There you go. Um, Locking your Subaru parking. <laughs> um, I mean, did they did they come in with full starters? Pachuca? Not really. I doubt it. In some, but no, it's good. It's great. Um, um, uh, on this day in soccer history. September 30th, 1961. Okay. September 30th, 1961. Um, now, Dwayne, in the past, you've you've expressed to me that you have you have a hobby that you sometimes like to yeah. do with sports. Right? Yeah, I have a lot of hobbies. Um, well, um, Viv Nicholson also had had a hobby in 1961. Um, so, uh, do you know what the conversion rate of 25 P is? Huh? You've been, doing, P? You, you've been to England, right? Yeah. So All 25 right. pounds. Uh, no. Was it 25 pounds? No, not 25 pounds. No. Mm-mm. I mean, I know the dollar is worth a dollar fifty. 
over there for like every pound. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a, no, 25p. So I think, I mean, that's what's written on there, but I don't think it's 25 pounds. Um, but maybe it was a little less than that. But anyways, so Viv Nicholson, um, at those times, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, but the most popular gambling was football pools. So she bet on a football pool and won 152,000 pounds, which in today's time is the equivalent of 3.5 million pounds. Um, now, the sad part is uh, because it's 1961, there wasn't a whole lot of attention uh, on on people in general, uh, people that won these pools and won this much money became media personalities. And that's what happened to Liv Nicholson and also her husband, um, who five years later was killed in a car crash um, because of all the publicity. Like there was some issues that happened. Um, she also wrote a book. Um, oh, actually, it was, it was about her life. A book was written about her life and also a musical called Spend, Spend, Spend. Um, so yeah, in 1961, Biv Nicholson won a lot of money and became a celebrity off a football pool. So, um, Duane, if you ever win a lot of money, uh, please remember watch who, your back. Who, who told you this story? Watch, watch your back, <laughs> watch your or watch your back, either one, however you want to watch your back. <laughs> um, all right, fair play of the week. Fair play of the week goes out to Dan Simmons' wife um, for just for being a super supporter for two teams playing each other in a highly contested soccer match. Um, you know, that that's the proper way to do it. You know, sometimes you have fans from the other team that, you know, are abusive towards other players, but she was supportive, cheering on every player, just out there, just caring about everybody. Just loving, I think she just loves to see people grow and be successful and just wants to support him. So shout out to Mrs. Dan Simmons. Nice. Um my fair play of the week goes out to George from George. the from from the UD from a, the UD uh, athletics department for um creating the opportunity for our players. So shout out to George. George is a really cool guy. So big shout out to George. Um Big shout out to the Blue Hens for for signing autographs for the girls and things like that. That was that was cool. Um, make sure again, remember it's International International Podcast Day. hashtag International Podcast Day. Make sure you share this podcast with others. Follow us on Instagram at the Soccer Podcast at de Soccer Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. <laughs>